0: Hello and welcome to Reading Spanish, a podcast in which we read and discuss a passage from Spanish language literature. I'm your host, Nick Barr. This is episode three. Um, We're back after a brief vacation. Um, Today, I wanted to read a poem. I've been looking for a good poem um, for a few days now, and I think I found one that's appropriate for the season, Um, kind of a brisk late winter, early spring day here in New York. We had some snowfall not long ago. Everyone's kind of jonesing for spring to begin, Um, and so I found this Pablo Neruda poem called uh, To My Obligations, A Mis Obligaciones, and uh, it definitely struck a chord with me. I think we're going to do the same thing we did last time with the Monterroso short story, which is I'll read the original poem in Spanish, and then I've translated it um, into English, um, and I'll read that as well, and then we'll, we'll see if there's anything to talk about. Um, My translation that we'll get into in a minute is a little bit more creative. Last time I was as faithful as I could be to the Monterosso short story. Um, this time I couldn't help but change some of the stuff um, that Neruda had written. I don't really know Neruda that much. I'm I'm eager to learn more about him. I the only poem that I can really remember is "Hola um, la alcachofa," ode to the artichoke, and I don't really remember much about it. But it has these beginning lines that kind of talks about him as a cute little. Warrior, and I always like that um, that bit. Um, so let's let's launch into Amis obligaciones, to my obligations. Cumpliendo con mi oficio, piedra con piedra, pluma pluma, pasa el invierno y deja sitios abandonados, habitaciones muertas. Yo trabajo y trabajo. Debo sustuir tantos olvidos, llenar de pan las tinieblas fundar otra vez la esperanza. No es para mí sino al pueblo la lluvia cruel de la estación. No me reservo nada sino todo el espacio y ahí trabajar y trabajar manifestar la primera ver- primavera. A todos tengo que dar algo, cada semana y cada día, un regalo de color azul, un pétalo frío del bosque y ya de mañana estoy vivo mientras los otros... Se sumergen en la pereza, en el amor, y estoy limpiando mi campana, mi corazón, mis herramientas. Tengo rocio para todos. Um, So let's just go straight into the English translation, which I'll post in, in the episode notes. To my obligations. Doing my job stone by stone, feather by feather, winter ends and leaves abandoned sites, dead rooms. I work and work, I ought to replace all this neglect, fill the darkness with bread, replant hope. It's not for me, but the dust, the season's nasty rain. I hold nothing back but all of space, and there I work and work manifesting spring. I have to give everything to everyone, every week and every day, a blue gift, a cold leaf from the forest, and come tomorrow I'm already alive, while the others immerse themselves in sloth, in love. I'm cleaning my bell, my heart, my tools. I've got due for everyone. Cool. So that's the poem. Um, you know, I I think I was drawn to it for a few reasons. One is um, I'm I'm hard at work um, and haven't for the last couple months. I quit my job in February and have been hacking away on a few different ideas. Um, and so any poem that begins doing my job, cumpliendo mi oficio, I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested in, and I kind of like that workman like heads down. Um, sort of romanticized blue collar approach that Naruto Ner- um, kind of lays out. At the same time, what is what is the work that's being done? Um, both for Naruto's narrator and for me, it's a little bit fuzzy. Um, we like the idea of you know, manual labor, construction, polishing off my tools and going to work, but Really, it's a little bit fuzzier than that. It's sure laying down the stones, laying down the feathers. um, But, you know, I think a perfect line, probably the the line of the poem, right, is llénar dé pan, las tinieblas, fill the darkness with bread. Um, Or that's my translation anyway, dé pan. So literally, llénar is too full to fill, dé pan, full of bread, las tinieblas. And tinieblas is a word I guess I was kind of familiar with, but it's a beautiful word uh, Darkness, murkiness, um, just just Google image that word. I think and it'll speak better than any any immediate translation can. Um, if you think about the heart of darkness, you would definitely translate that al corazón um, de tinieblas. Uh, I don't know why it's plural. I don't I don't know much about the etymology of that word. I'll have to, I'll have to do a little bit more research. Um, but there's definitely kind of a spooky element to it. We could have said oscuridad, right? If I was translating from English darkness, I would definitely say oscuridad. Um, and so to, to describe the difference between tinielas and oscuridad, I don't know. I, I would say oscuridad is just the condition of there being no light. I and mean, of course, oscuro can also mean obscure. So it, it lends itself well to sort of not seeing clearly. Um, whereas tinielas, I think about kind of witchcraft and maybe a swamp at night, with maybe some eerie gloom. Um, and anyway, what are we going to fill it with? Not light, but bread. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because there's sort of a, a mixed metaphor, right? We, what we think about filling with bread is our stomach, um, and then we're full, we're jeno. Um, but we're actually going to fill darkness with bread. How much bread does it take to full, fill darkness? And at the end of that, do we just have do we have light, or do we just have... Um, darkness full of bread. It's it's a really great kind of mysterious line, um, followed by uh, a pretty tricky to translate line. Fundar otra vez la esperanza. So fundar is is itself easy to translate. Found, but found is in the sense of like founded. I founded a, a, a company or I found um, maybe a country. Um, And so the most literal translation would have been found once again, the hope or hope. Um, But in the context of those lines, I ought to replace all this neglect. Tantos olvidos. That's another really liberal translation that I made. Tantos olvidos. Olvidos in that context, I don't know, like kind of not neglect. Neglect is a little bit creative. I guess maybe uh, forgotten things, um, sort of discarded Stuff I'm not really sure what the best way to translate that is. Um, anyway, I had to replace all this neglect, fill the darkness with bread. If I had to said found once again the hope, found found hope once again, you know, immediately an English reader was going to be thinking about find as an encounter. But this is an encountering. This is sort of a institution, uh, instituting. So I, I went with replant hope, um, which is I guess problematic because there's not really any indication here of. Of planting or fertilization except we're talking about the spring, right? So in the end, um, I hold nothing back but all of space and there I work and work manifesting spring, manifestar la primavera. Um, that's I mean, we're really talking about the seasons. We've got winter explicitly talked about in the first stanza, pasa el invierno. We've got spring explicitly in the second stanza, manifestar la primavera. And, you know, in the third stanza, the final stanza, it's Um, kind of a reaffirming of this transformation, Um, giving out the gifts um, and kind of a a, a boundless amount of gifts, right? In the end, tengo Rocio para todos. Rocio is one of my favorite words for sure in Spanish. I think it's also a a woman's name, Rocio, due, morning due. I've got due for everyone. I kind of took a pretty colloquial spin on the poem my reading of Neruda is he's he's doing colloquial for his time, so I had no problem doing contractions, and I've got due for everyone, as opposed to I have due for everyone, or something like that. Um, so who is his narrator? There's certainly something godlike about him. He's He's got boundless gifts, um, and there's sort of a slightly mysterious passage where he says, No me reservo nada, sino todo el espacio. So. I don't reserve anything except all of space. I said, I hold nothing back but all of space. Um, it's weird because it, 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 in one reading, it's sort of, I, I'm not holding anything back except everything. Every, I, I'm not holding back except all of space. Um, so that would mean he's holding back everything, but it's clear from the next passage that it's not. he's not. He's giving everything. Um, and what is space in this sense? Is it the space of the tinieblas that's that filling that space with bread? Or is it actually outer space, um, where maybe our narrator is sort of like this deity um, operating on the world from space? That's how I kind of prefer to read it. Um, but what, what's, I guess, sort of interesting is we don't necessarily need to talk about a deity because we're talking about nature, the, the passing of seasons, which sort of naively we think just happens organically. Winter falls away to spring. That's that's the cycle. That happens effortlessly effortlessly through Through the operations of nature but i think this poem is all about um inverting that the idea is that no these 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 seasons don't change by themselves Um, we're talking about agency someone's gotta someone's gotta give the due to everybody the due doesn't just appear through condensation or sublimation or whatever the heck that process is um someone's actually out there like santa claus giving due to everybody um and I think there's, there's strength to be found there. There's sort of power. It's like you're doing your job. You're working real hard. Uh, you're, you're the agent of change. Um, change doesn't happen by itself. Everyone else might be sort of immersed in their own kind of quagmires of, of laziness, of love, of infatuation. But our narrator is waking up every day, dusting off his tools, dusting off his commitment, dusting off his heart, his bell. Whatever the hell that's for, um, and kind of planting hope, future, spring, um, everywhere, selflessly. No es para mí, sino el polvo. But the dust powder polvo is, is kind of has a double translation. Um, you know, polvo can be the stuff that your detergent is made of, but it can also be the dirt that's left on uh, you know furniture if it hasn't been cleaned off. Um, So yeah, I, I liked this poem. It, it, it was sort of a a blue collar poem for me. Um, a little bit obscure, but not certainly not hard to understand. Um, and then has a couple of great, great lines, fill the darkness with bread. Um, in particular I loved, um, and then the, the final closer, Tengo Rocio para Todos is fantastic. The, the areas where I wanted to make little changes, um, Not that interesting, but I'll I'll go into them in some detail. First, you know, you've got cumpliendo con mi oficio, which I just said doing my job. Uh, Piedra con piedra, pluma, pluma. I don't know what the, you know, so you've got com, which is with, and a, which is to. Piedra con piedra, pluma, a pluma. I found that like, I wasn't really sure whether that's just a quirk of Spanish or whether there's a meaningful difference there. I just did stone by stone, feather by feather, um, in other words, step by step. But of course, those those two words are opposites, right? Stone is the heft, and feather is the is the lightness. Um, and certainly, you know, the narrator here, although we're explicitly talking about seasons, I think would probably be rewarding to to think about a literary reading, in other words, a narrator as writer. A narrator is word crafter. Um, maybe the way he goes about executing this changes with words um, that that supplies sort of a secondary reading for espacio. Not outer space, but actually the spaces between words or the spaces on the page um, through rich spring blooms. Um, Any other changes that I made that I haven't spoken about already? Um, Un petalo frío del bosque, a a cold petal of the forest from the forest. Um, I think I chose leaf, a cold leaf from the forest, just because petalo... I think if we translate a cold petal from the forest, its I mean, I think it's weird in both languages because a petal belongs to a flower, belongs to a plant, belongs to the forest. So if we just make the leap from petal to forest, there's sort of this missing gap in there, which I'm sure is intentional, but um, I found it confusing, especially doubled with the part that, like in English at least, uh, a petal can also mean um, a bicycle petal. I just wanted to say leaf. I think I made it a little bit more verdant in general between replanting hope and, and the cold leaf, um, and um, I don't really think there's much else to say about this poem. I um, I need to check out more Neruda. I think he, I think they just discovered um, a bunch of unpublished poems that he wrote, and um, I'll be I'll be excited to check those out. And I will be publishing. My translation just because i actually looked first for an english translation and there, there isn't one there's only one that was done clearly through google translate which is um, its own worthy experimental creative writing exercise but uh maybe not the best um, canonical translation of this poem so that's it for episode three um thanks for listening and read with you again soon